Inside LFC, the Max and Vince podcast coming to you live. Well, not live to tape here from 818, the facilities, the office buildings in beautiful downtown Los Angeles. Here we are, cooped under the windows. Vince LaRosa, Max Bredos. Hello, Vince. Max and Vince sell out. Max. Go corporate. <laughs> We're going corporate. Top floor of our office building. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm going monster truck voice. Just felt like the right, the right thing. Hey, we haven't been around. Uh, together we thought the uh, the off season could play out and maybe we'd reconvene in two months but you can't do that yeah there's too much going on i thought about just disappearing into the wilderness but people ask for it i mean we we're gonna do questions and uh, in the second segment i thought we were gonna put out questions we we're gonna get like one or two this is like the most Incredible. questions we've ever had the best turnout for questions not only uh quantity but quality why are you still doing the voice was i yeah no i wasn't Quantity and quality of questions. We have a lot of them. And I told Vince, I go, I don't think there's a question I don't want to ask here because I think they'll get good answers. So we appreciate all of those, all of you out there getting involved. And uh, hopefully we, we are able to educate you uh, or put some light where there wasn't any prior with some of information. As you know, Vince is the as close to the insider as you will get on LAFC. And you've heard that because you are with the club extensively for these two seasons. You are there at every practice pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Yeah, they told me you try to be in the office a little bit more. I was like, I am at the office, yeah, just yeah. a different one. Yeah, there's a lot of offices. So just people don't know, there's the, there are offices here in downtown. There's uh, the training performance center in Alhambra, where we spend a good amount of time. And then the Bank Stadium. of California Stadium has the press area, where sometimes when there's no games going on, we go there and we can get some work done. I have heard that when games are not going on, you can find Max Bredos walking through telling you about rules and upcoming events at any time. <laughs> it's just weird, any time. You, like, you are the ghost of Bank of California It's Stadium. an animatronic Max Bredos that you press the button and he starts walking and gives you information, which is a great resource, so use it. But, uh, and we yeah, don't have to pay him much. Bank of California Stadium has been incredible. We've had the uh, MVP announcement there at the field club below, and then we had the announcement for the All-Star Game, which yeah. is going to be huge. All of such has happened since we last podcasted, right? Correct. What yeah, we were trying to figure out all the stuff that has happened since we last podcasted. It's so amazing. The MVP, we had the all-star announcement. There were two great events with a lot of fanfare and a lot of people there. There was a some kind of trophy given out between two teams in Seattle. Yes. Uh, let's see. There was a, There's some drafts that happened, some player movement. Where do you, where do you want to go first? Oof. So, yeah, we're into it. The business of MLS has begun. I will say that we did put a bow on the season. Seattle Sounders, congratulations, as they beat Toronto FC up there at CenturyLink Field. I went up there. Yeah, you were there. I right? want to represent uh, LAFC. I was the representative. And I will say people were very happy that I went up there. And uh, you know, I had a good conversation. The folks at Seattle, a lot of respect to them and what they have done. And I've, rep- I've said it on this podcast before, and I, I, I'm all about repeating things. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't hear it the first time. Mm-hmm. But Seattle took eight years before they made an MLS Cup. And now they've won two in, uh, what, four years? Three years. One, two, four years. Four years, four years. And they yeah. made three finals in four years. Yeah, that's what it so, is. So, you know, LFC, we're in two years deep. Yeah. And we're there. Seattle was successful from the beginning, like LAFC was. But not as successful, obviously, as last season. But this is exciting for LFC, And the offseason is going to play a big role in what they do in 2020. Because we have two competitions. With the, well, we have yeah. more games, which means three you need a bigger roster. Yes, three competitions: you. domestic, cup, two to start the season, international cup, domestic cup, and then obviously the season. Technically, I've I, you know what I'm going to say: four competitions: international cup, domestic cup, oh. supporter shield, MLS cup. What? Who who knows about the uh, what is it called the the, uh, the 
partnership tournament. They're expanding it here with the Mexican League. The League's Cup. The League's Cup. Which you would released, imagine but we were not part of it. We're not going to be part of it. Because we were part of uh, the CONCACAF Champions League. Teams that are oh, in the CONCACAF enough. Champions League cannot be a part of the League's Cup. I didn't read Cup. that fine, the fine print. Um, let, us, let us start... Congratulations, Seattle, once again. Let's start with uh, the expansion draft. Okay. And uh, this happened uh, on uh, the 19th. I think it's something that people still want to talk about because right. we're still... I, I think people are still reeling a little bit from the, the loss of Lee Wynn. Lee Wynn was gone. There were three players that we all discussed and we had debates. Who's going to get picked? And we figured it was going to be one. It was yep. going to be Lee Wynn, Mohamed El Manir, who's got youth on his side, even though he was an everyday player. And we yep. saw when he plays, he can be effective, even with a team like LAFC, as good as they are. And Tyler Miller, yep. who was also left unprotected and was a starting goalkeeper all season. And... LAFC started with Tyler Miller as their pick from an expansion draft to build, and it was proven to be a great move because he kind of slid in there and, and owned it. We'll talk about Tyler a little bit later because I know there's a lot of questions here. I guess I tend to think after the fact when Lee Wynn was picked that it made a lot of sense for Inter of Miami because they have these young Argentine attackers we assume they're going to make a big splash with a big DP as a striker or playmaker. They don't have either or yet. So Lee Wynn takes a lot of pressure off that franchise because he played a very challenging role with LAFC a little bit deeper. Now he goes a little further up, and I think there's a great opportunity for him. So I'm happy for that. He's going to Miami, which is a desirable place. It's my hometown. I prefer LAFC 10 times over. I prefer LA 10 times over than Miami, but... I'm going to miss the guy really made the most out of his short time here, about a year and a half. Uh, he was all over L.A. He's doing fashion shows for Adidas. He he looked comfortable here. And that's part I'm a little uh, disappointed. He was kind of a luxury player for us. He didn't start all the time. But, when, man, how many times during the season did he pop in there when yeah. you needed him most and did a really admirable job? Yeah. I think you cover, you cover like, all the bases. i, I got to pick, pick apart what you just covered oh, really? you really covered all the bases. <laughs> I think – uh, I remember when a lot of people first started asking me, like after they saw the list, who do I think is going to be selected? And I went immediately for Lee Wynn because the same thing that you just brought up. The only wild card in that was, does Miami already have a big time number ten lined up? If they did, I thought maybe they would think otherwise with Lee. But when you consider that so far they've got wide, wide, wide players, and like you said, probably going to sign a striker that can score goals. We're going to need a guy that can maybe pull the strings a little bit can kind of connect your defense, connect your midfield with those guys. You can't find someone better than Lee Wynn, basically free. I mean, obviously you're going to have to pay his contract, but you don't have you gave up 50 in GAM, which is nothing. For a proven non-international spot slot player, which is a big deal for someone like Miami, who you would consider is going to continue to add international players, um, and just proven num- proven domestic number 10s. There's not many of them, and there's none of the quality other than Lee Wynn. Like, he is the top level. And then below that, you could say, ah, you know, maybe we'd take a flyer on a hairy ship or someone like that, but he's not even close to the quality of Lee Wynn. So in that regard, I mean, that's, it was the best pick you could make, and it's almost a steal. Um, He'll find a place somewhere in that midfield yeah. because and, of what he did with LAFC in the two seasons. And I year. wouldn't have been surprised if Nashville would have looked at him too because Nashville seems to be a team that's going to build more of a domestic side, maybe not have as much of an international flair. Again, you cannot find domestic number 10s that have done it at a high level and are still of the age where they can continue to do it for at least two to three seasons, and that's Lee Wynn. Um, I think the other thing I wanted to, to talk about that you that you hit on was Lee as the consummate professional. Uh, right after the draft, I, I went on a, a 
Defenders of the Bank podcast, and they asked me how. What do you, can you give us some insight into Lee? Like, what what was he like? And obviously, he he did all the fashion shows. He did all the cool things. Lee was like a fish to water out here in LA. And he, I remember when he first Without came. Without a doubt, when he first came, he said LA was had always been like a second home to him. So coming to LA was like coming home in a, in a lot of ways. Even though he's originally from Texas, um, but the story I told was I used to see Lee after training every day, and I would say say every time I would get a chance to see him I'd say bye to him or say like hey man how you doing I can't wait to see you back on the field and you always say the kind of same thing he's very pleasant very nice but he never changed never changed from when yeah, he was on absolutely. the pitch to when he spent I mean there was a good two to three months That's a where huge Lee, feature for anyone to have yeah and for a guy of Lee's caliber who you know number 10s can be a little temperamental it almost comes it's like if, you, if you're a high level wide receiver in the NFL you come with baggage right and number 10s always seem to come with some kind of baggage but Lee had no pretense at all, and just continued to show up week in and week out, train week in and week out. And when he would leave each day, he had a smile on his face, come back, do it all over again. And, and I know that that sounds mundane, but, man, that is so important in a team like LAFC that's going to need depth and going to need – I mean, we, we, you're right. We could call him a luxury player, but you kind of need those, right? Yeah, and especially with, uh, with all the extra games that we talked about. Yeah. Lee Wynn would have seen a lot of minutes in 2020 for LAFC – uh, it's just a night by the season's end. You had this nice rotation of the three midfielders you had, and Lee Wynn. There, Mark Anthony had his injuries. Uh, Eduardo Twesta missed a couple as well, and then Latif Blessing was, you know, flexible yeah. in some roles. So if a forward went out, all of a sudden, that's that's a nice feature to have that you're going to have to find somewhere else. Well, now. We went into a pivotal playoff game with the Galaxy, knowing Mark was probably not going to play, maybe not see the field at all. Didn't worry about it because Lee Wynn was there. And he had a phenomenal game. I, I, I posted it on my Twitter right after he got picked. Didn't go in the net, but I will always remember Rabana from Carlos Vela to the back heel of Lee Wynn to Diego Rossi almost finishing that chance. It was just a great sliding save at the end for, for the Galaxy to keep it out. But if that would have gone in, it would have been the play of the year. So Lee Wynn goes to Inter-Miami, and Inter-Miami have to feel I – li- I like their draft better. I liked Inter-Miami everywhere with Na- – ahead of Nashville and what they're doing, but Everything that's neither have. here nor there. Except, still do not have a coach. Still do not have a coach and, and a stadium. They're, supposedly, they're going to have a coach any day now, and yeah. it's now been two weeks since that proclamation. So. I heard Patrick Vieira now is his name popping up. Yeah. It seemed for the longest time it was going to be Gallardo from River, River Plate, but now so, it seems like he has interest from uh, the likes of Barcelona. As he should. As he should. So maybe maybe it wasn't as cut and dry as they thought it was, or maybe things changed uh, since the agreement was maybe you know a handshake agreement type thing. On a personal level, since I always tell this when I work at ESPN to folks, we cover sports there, but uh, we're in Bristol, far away from everything. So the relationships are not there. Whether you cover a league, whether you cover a team, it's you, you come in, you you do a show, and you, yeah. you leave. So now back at covering a team with with LAFC for the first time in years for me. That personal connection you make with the players hits, and you realize the the not so pleasant business of pro sports, where it's about winning, and you've got to get the group that's going to get you there. Some people aren't going to be protected on an expansion list. Some people aren't going to get re-signed, and it hits you like a fist. I had a chance to see uh, Lee at, at the performance center and gave him a nice warm embrace. At least I thought so, uh, and then. Yeah, it was a wonderful to say. He immediately unfollowed you on I, Twitter? No, no. I told him I'm from Miami originally. If you need any tips, uh, and I expect an email from him very soon, and hopefully I can help him settle in in some way, shape, or form. That's just the dude he was. Yeah. He's a, he's a great dude. I, I would I would not be surprised if we keep in touch with him. Uh, I, I guarantee that supporters have already been planning a great away days to Miami. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Lee's going to be one of the type of guys that's going to get a great reception, and I'm sure he'll come over to the away support. Um, so yeah, I I wish him the best of luck. Not against our team, but I, I'm happy. I'm happy to see Lee happy. I want to see him on the field, and I want to see him in a good place. So I'm glad that he's going to a place that will embrace Lee Wynn as a person and personality, as opposed to somewhere where they'll say that might be a little more dour, like maybe an expansion side from maybe last season or previous seasons where he might not have you know flourished the way he should i always talk about that it's like that's not a bad expansion year to go draft nashville, nashville which, miami was the if if you were left on look as much as it's probably painful or weird to see yourself in that category of an unprotected player when you realize that it's either miami or nashville where you would be going if you are selected that's not a, not a bad landing spot less less taxes to pay certainly True. No, no state taxes. No state tax in, uh, in Florida. I don't know what the Tennessee tax code is, but I'm sure it's pretty agreeable as well. Yeah. Because they're trying to get people to move down there, and Nashville uh, is a growing city. All right. So, next thing, um, we look at the business of the league and options being picked up. And there are some LAFC players out there. There was a waiver draft as well, and there was a re entry draft. As we tape this, it just happened. Let's go in reverse order re entry draft. A spot where LAFC could maybe find. There's some good players there. There's some guys are there, but LAFC they had the first round and they they used it to pick a, a young Norwegian player by the name of Jurgen Pass. Oh, you did it! <laughs> oh. I've used this joke all day. He hates me. I almost for a second there was like, "Where are you I had going you for with a second. this?" You had me for a second because I was gonna say everyone says one, pass. Okay, for those that maybe have not have gotten the joke because it just went over your head. It's just such a that's the only place joke. I could use it, so I'm standing we with pa- it. We passed. So, and literally, so this is what happens. They, the guys get on, a, the GMs get on a conference call. They go down the list, say, uh, Inter-Miami, do you, who do you select? Pass. Basically, the phone call is a lot of guys saying pass. So there's Max's joke. You're going to pass. is not a real person. Pass is what Will Kuntz, when he got on the phone, said pass for LAFC. But the, re, the caveat to that is the first round of the reentry draft, if you select a player, you pick up their option at that rate, whereas the second round which will take place on december 3rd is the chance to pick up like you said there are some very good players on there a chance to pick up a player we anticipate them doing something just to get if there's the right guy available yes i just think there'll be more business in general teams yeah. will be moving uh, more business in general. we might see some trades to move up different spots to get the guys because in that second round you can now negotiate now the, again no first guarantee. round you have to take the contract but that's no guarantee though either because a player could still say no i don't want to take less money because you would assume they're talking down um, and they could go. They could <laughs> we go. Passed yeah. the first time. We want to offer well, you more gonna, money. Yeah. We thought you deserved better, friend. Uh, you would assume that they would. Uh, if they don't take that, they can still go international. It's just their rights remain in MLS. So that's that's how that mechanism works. The waiver draft, I believe, is not quite the same way. Although no one no one went in the waiver draft, which was Tel AFC, Tel AFC, or anyone. I don't think anyone. There was no zero selections in the waiver draft. The waiver. I thought it was uh, uh, Melianen. How does Medunyanin? Oh, Medunyanin. Medunyanin. Yeah. Oh, like, no, sorry. Medunyanin. You're right. There was a couple. Those ones, I need those pronouncers yes. in front of me. Medunyanin. Those ones, uh, oh, and Acosta from Correct. Uh, from Orlando. Though That is, I believe, where you, you do and actually England make... got a goalie, I believe. Yeah, so. you do actually make an offer there. It's a little bit different. The mechanisms at MLS. I was, <laughs> you saw me on the roster page earlier. I, so really, LFC, uh, some options not not picked up, and I think some of those are covered in the questions, so I'll leave it at that. So... <laughs> I think we both agree that business, to use the line of Jim Ross in his glory days of pro wrestling, business is about to pick up, and it's going to kick, kick in here soon. 
past the Thanksgiving holiday and heading to December when we also have the draw for the, the Champions League, which I know everyone's looking forward to. That'll take place December the 9th. We'll find out uh, the opponent. And I think we'll know a lot more about the club by the time oh, yeah. we get there. Well, John Thornton told both of us the offseason is his busiest time between going through player options, bringing acquiring players, going and traveling around to see players. I mean, he's, he's going to be everywhere in, these next, in this next month. All right. I want to I go further, but I think we could probably answer them all in the questions. The questions were so are so thorough that, yeah, I don't want to like dip into something before we get right. to the questions. So we'll take a little break. This is Inside LAFC. A reminder, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for all those who have done it, but it really helps us get uh, a little more traction here and spread the word because we're going to be very active. We're hoping to have uh, something around the draw, immediate reaction yep. after this. So we'll be down there. Uh, we're going to have some news about the draw and w- where we can all gather to find out together and start putting our brackets together. Because this is like LAFC changed the game with the Supporter Shield and the announcement of MLS MVP. They're going to change the game with regards to the Champions League. Hopefully, hopefully they have a nice long tournament uh, and we could see where it goes. But I think the way LAFC goes and based on all the conversations we've had in this building and everyone is just consumed with the CONCACAF Champions League. From we also I should mention we also have a uh, State of the Union show coming out to YouTube TV, where we talk to Tom Penn, Bob Bradley, and John Thorrington, and all of them talk about how excited and uh, ambitious they are with regards to the Champions League. So a lot more information coming about that. We'll relay relay that to you here very soon. All right, uh, Vince just nodded at me, so we're gonna take it, we're gonna dip out of here and we return. We're going into the mailbag. We're gonna answer all your questions. This is Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Welcome back to Inside LAFC, and you've come to the right place for questions and answers, more so than any other reason, because Vince has his finger on the pulse. So if there are some things you're not clear about in the business of Major League Soccer and the business of LAFC, I think you you could probably help more than anyone else. Yeah, in we this will case. do our very best. I, I think was, of all leagues where there's some kind of minutia in player mechanisms and player movement, right. LA, uh, MLS ranks pretty high up there, although I would say, for those people that say, I, I don't get it, it's too confusing, you need to make it simpler, try telling me what a mid-level exception is in the NBA. Ooh. So we are not the only ones. Boring! Have, we are not the only ones that have these these mechanisms. It's just yeah. you're, you're getting used to them. And, and obviously, in international soccer, where it seems to be the Wild West as in terms of transfers, it's like windows either open or closed. That's all you know, and everything else goes. I don't know. All right. I have about... 16, 17 questions here. So let's try and go you got through. A lot. You t- we'll you go through some of them quickly. You tell it me could where be you a one want, word answer. Yeah, you tell me where you want a longer answer and where you want to well, fill in more. Let's go quick here. All right. Okay. Who do you see the team f- focusing on signing more? The mid forwarder defense. This is from LAFC Midwest. Midfield. If if you're gonna if you're looking at it, and then looking at the options that they are considering uh, from the list of players now. This is key to remember. We won't really name names, but key to remember, even though players are uh, out of contract or option decline does not necessarily mean that they will not be back. It's just a, it's a contract me- mechanism. It's a negotiation type thing. Um, those players may be back. But I would say midfield because, one, you've already lost Lee Wynn, who was uh, a, a pivotal player, although didn't play as much as maybe he would have liked. Um, but you have three midfielders, and you play a style in the midfield where – if you're in three competitions, you want to challenge in three competitions, you're going to need to keep those guys fresh. So just looking at the the 
lack of depth, we'll say. We can say yeah. it, truly say it, because especially now with league on and, and guys out of their options, you gotta fill in those you gotta fill in those midfield positions. So I think midfield is gonna be that's that's one of the things I said to people when they go, Man, I'm so sad to lose Lee and I said, Well, I felt like midfield was gonna be an area you were gonna have to strengthen anyway. So I yep. they, I guarantee you, no knowing John Thornton, it was an area he'd already looked at, said, regardless of if we lose anybody in any of these drafts, we were gonna need high quality either guys that can start right away or guys that can really push those guys as depth players i'd be intrigued in defensively i obviously steven Bader sure is a guy uh not picked up but could could return mm-hmm. tyler miller in the same shape could could return so i think if you include the goalkeepers something interesting could happen on the defensive side where there'll be some new faces again i, I expect some new faces i don't think huge turnover like other clubs would be expecting right now but still some change this is from kirk kinsey Given how long it's taken most signings to adjust and break into the squad, is there enough time between the January window and CONCACAF Champions League to incorporate new enforcements? Probably not, but that's what you got. Probably not, but I think this is also more of a confirmation bias thing that we we bring up a lot. I mean, I, I do think that the system itself is naturally hard, and hopefully you get players. I mean, you're already scouting players that you think play in a certain way and have a certain their first choice options seem to already fit your system. So hopefully you get them in there. Um, but I would say Dio hit the ground flying. You know, I, obviously the, the, the example everyone wants to use is Andre Horta. He just never, but he never really fit in. Yeah. And that, that, that's a different, that's different. Right. That's different. And I think even you, you saw Cheeky, even in the one game that he played, he seemed to, it was like round peg, round hole, just right in there. I mean, obviously... We didn't win that game in Minnesota, but he looked like he kind of had a good idea. Now, he didn't get to play much more. I think part of that might be because, well, you're coming into the playoff times. So, you know, the, the margins get a little bit smaller. Also, if you've got guys that have already been here for a whole season, you're not going to just say, hey, we signed this guy. Just go to the front of the line. There, there is some, uh, you know, loyalty to the guys that got you there. But I, I agree in the sense that it is a difficult s- situation because – time frames between when we can start camp and when the season starts it kind of puts you behind the eight ball naturally with the CONCACAF Champions League but if you can get those right type of guys where I would say even Brian look he hasn't scored but I would say that within first of all when he subbed in as that super sub in the Galaxy match for Carlos looked phenomenal I think he took kind of a step back in different games because the game was different when it's an open game Brian seems to fit in perfectly when you can go fast when it's a closed game where we kind of got to break teams down, Brian's learning the system a little more. But he was fantastic in that Galaxy playoff game. Everyone struggled in the, the Seattle game. So I think it's it's mixed results. I don't think it is quite what people make it seem where it takes such a long time for everyone to get into the system. I tend to think it does a bit. I mean, Dio was a great uh, example, but that was a bit of the outlier. But that's a good thing. This is a very intricate setup that you have to learn. That said... I think when you look at the CONCACAF Champions League, look at Brian Rodriguez and Chiqui Palacios as two new signings that are ready to hit the ground running. That will make a big difference in their campaign. There will be new players, but I don't think anyone's going to play a huge role, at least at the beginning of either Champions League or MLS. All right, this could be a yes or no answer, all right? We can just rip through it because I, I, I don't think we know a lot about it. From Culver City, Al, is no news good news in regards to the CBA negotiations? I'm gonna say yes. It seems like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but just from uh, not not from knowing specifically what's going on with MLS, but any whether it's MLB, NBA, NHL, whenever you hear, hey, the CBA is coming up, 
when it starts to go quiet after that and you don't hear chirping from either side, it seems like it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I would say, and just keep this in mind, there's been work stoppages in sports and they have been cataclysmically bad for those leagues and MLS cannot afford that. So I think by hook or by crook, you resolve something here and you avoid a work stoppage by any means. Hope everyone, everyone feels somewhat whole after that process. From James Coston. Sounds familiar, that name for certain. I don't know if I did. A lot of these people are repeat people, that's which I, I appreciate everyone that's sending questions. Thank you to our repeaters. How do you see the roster depth shaping up to handle, you may have answered this somewhat, to handle the grind of MLS Champions League and avoid something like what SKC went through last season and just what SKC went through? They, they had the deepest run in the Champions League. MLS season started, and they never recovered. Missed the payoffs despite being the best team in the West. I, I Before I hand it off to you, I will say that it would be... Uh, You'd be crazy to think LAFC could start the way they did a season ago with the extra responsibility. Maybe they do, and I don't want to underestimate this squad, but it's going to be very difficult because of this. But as we found out, it's all about how you finish. So hopefully yeah. LAFC has that all worked out. But this is going to be a challenge because no team has won the CONCACAF Champions League in its current format. An MLS team hasn't done it. It's very difficult because of depth uh, concerns. Yeah, we kind of touched on it. Two things in that regard directly from John Thorrington. One was he said that they definitely want to avoid that kind of falling off a cliff. You don't just go for one and leave out and leave out the chance to play well and to start your season. They they understand that it is important as as excited they are for Champions League as important it is as it is to advance through that at the at the detriment of the league that is not an option. Just simply not an option. The second thing he said to me was the way that him and his staff works is they work within the bounds of the salary cap, but they never go all the way up or not all the way down. So they basically leave themselves some room for air. And I think that is to the point where they're, they're going to be prepared to the start and then they're going to leave themselves some. So if you do get along and you say, Hey man, we need another piece. There's the ability to add that other piece. And he, he used cheeky Palacios as, as the example, if they would have already gone to the bounds of the money that they had available, not just through the cap, but from the ownership group, that deal doesn't happen. So I think they're going to explore all options to get in depth for what they need at hand, but while leaving that space in case there is an emergency. So I think that is the approach to the depth problem. All right. Very optimistic setup in that front. Uh, are LAFC losing this from Tim Jog KG? Are LAFC losing any international roster slots for 2020? You're saying you start again with that, uh, but the number, the sweet number is eight. Last season was eight. It was 192 spots, I believe, divided by 24 teams. There's going to be 26 teams, so we're assuming that's going to go up. Whether it's just going to be eight per team or not, we don't we don't know as of now. But you basically start fresh. We have not already traded away any of our 2020 uh, international spots. So as of right now, no. But you can trade them. They're yeah. available to trade. And you All can right. get more. Yes, you can get as many as you want. But uh, uh, we have a Peter Lee Vassal question I'm going to ask. I'll save it for that. All right, here we go. This is, we have a little bit of fun here. What Champions League team would you be most excited to see visit the bank? This would be the CONCACAF Champions League yeah. team, I'm sure, uh, they were talking about. We're not talking about Real Madrid or Juventus. There is, so there are some compelling ones, certainly. So let me start. You you're going to take, take the one that we're... It's I think Club we're both, America, yeah, right? It's yeah, Club America. just because you want to see Miguel Herrera. Yeah. And you know the America fans are going to be there. And you, I think you will... This is what I would be most excited about. Say it's a Wednesday night in Los Angeles, they're coming here to see all the America jerseys in downtown Los Angeles, to see America folks sitting at restaurants and bars because yeah. they are. It's going to be loud. It's going to be an event. Uh, the other teams could 
somewhat uh, mimic that, but not at the level of Club America. I agree. I didn't even think about that. That's great. Yeah, you didn't even notice it. Well, because you, when those, you think about those, those really bright yellow jerseys. Yeah, you think about the UEFA Champions League, and you think about those European nights, and you you think about teams that travel really we think well. About us traveling, but what about yeah. the people coming in? No, that's what I'm or saying. The people in LA you that love America. You see a bunch of a bunch of Club America all, all over the city. You know, and like I said, in Europe, you see cafes just filled with the traveling support. Um, and then I think the flip side too. Obviously, this is we're talking about them coming in, but then the chance to play at Azteca. That's true. That's a double one. So we'd like that, but we're not going to get married to it. We could. I, I would, we take on all challengers. Though. I would like to see a little rematch with Seattle. Maybe uh, that probably won't happen until the semis. Well, MLS would love it if we could get two MLS sides in the final. The huh? best way you can get one in a final is to have a couple in the semifinal. Yep. I think MLS teams have a good shot. I here. think it's a strong. It's a strong year, and with Seattle saying that they are. All in. Atlanta would be another team. club that say we're all in. Yeah, they made. Well, the- Atlanta's proven they're all in, right? Whereas <laughs> you have, you have a team like you have a team like Seattle who who hasn't taken always taken these competitions seriously. Rich, how how excited? Richard Roscoe's flo- We're in the office. I told you. How excited would you be to see Club America come to LA for the Concacaf Champions League? Tears, fire, fuego, dream come true. Goodbye. <laughs> Why did I say that? Yep. What a, what a lovely man. Because well, he's got that lovely Ajax <laughs> zip up on. He, busiest man in show business right there. All right, so America's the answer there. All right, we're going to uh, – how are we doing? We're doing all right? We're plugging yeah. along here? All right, this is from Savage86Albert. What did you think of the Copa Libertadores final? And then he went double barrel here. He actually went triple barrel. Yeah. Have you ever had fried turkey or pupusas or fried turkey in pupusas? I know I will. Okay. I've had both, but I've not Never, had fried in pupusa. Yeah, that's uh, Albert, who's a good friend of the pod, who we who we saw. I, I got a chance to talk to uh, at the uh, FIFA, the EA gaming event that we were at, because uh, they had the expos. Did I say I saw Albert there? Yeah, I'm sure you did. We were all floating, we were all floating around. I lost you at some point. Well, you guys all started drinking beers, and I was sitting there yeah. trying to uh, trying yeah. to entertain the applause. Well. I got a chance, you know. I got a chance to to be there Blossom when they turn when they turn the lights on with yeah. with a beer in my yeah. hand. It was pretty no one cool. Told me that. We saw Albert. Uh, we chatted with him, but man, Albert, if you got fried turkey pupusas, and, and, you can and there's them. a way to get them to travel, and they're so good. Uh, send, Albert, send them our drop way. us a mention on yeah. a page, yes, yeah, and let us know if you can facilitate that because we will we will treat you like send them our way a champion. I'm gonna uh, Libertadores has been like your jam. For the past couple of months, so I'm going to let and you take that question. I don't watch as much South American football as I used to. I just don't have enough time. But obviously, I, I tuned in at the semifinals, and it it was Flamengo Gremio, and then it was Boca River. So I tuned in there. But when I saw Flamengo and River play, I got really excited. I have friends from Brazil who are Flamengo, and they've suffered a long time. The big story was uh, Gabi Gold touching the Libertadores trophy, which is a superstition. People, you're not is that an to. actual superstition? Yes, like, I hate like superstitions. The That's why I hate baseball okay. now. See, I don't I hate know. baseball. I just See, lost when, interest when I, in baseball. When I saw that, and when I saw people saying, "Oh, he, he touched it," I was like, "Well, that's like a Stanley Cup thing." But I've never heard that for international. Usually, the the, the trophy is not there for you to walk by in international competition. So that's why I didn't know. <laughs> don't look at it. Yeah. Don't touch it. Don't even want it. It's like the Nigel Tufnell when he has the guitar. It's still got the sticker on it. Yeah. No, don't look at it. Yeah. So uh, I was really impressed. And just the images from the celebration in Rio de Janeiro. Well, prior to the match, the Flamenco jersey on the Christ Redeemer statue. Yes, it was amazing. In Brazil. Flamenco did. This powerful, was a, very powerful. Uh, I would say just digging in and seeing how Flamengo did it is a game changer. They threw a lot of money at... Uh, 
well, winning this. this. What did you think but about? But they got the, a lot of. Uh, what did you think about? I mean, this might have been because of, for bad reasons, but I think it's going to turn out well for them. What did you think of the one-off format in a neutral spot? It's pretty cool. Right? It was good because River mean, had it one and then Flamengo get the two goals about, from Gabi goals shows yeah. the superstitions. Obviously, nothing. it came about a little bit because of some some bad fan trouble. Um, but I, I like I like the I like the idea of a two legged up to the final. The neutral then, side was a little bit. Yeah. Was it? It looked full it, though. It did. Just didn't. You didn't. Didn't feel, have quite the same. Didn't have that call. But, but feel, it's which, the first year, and I think eventually it does. Come to terms I mean, but to, to have a potential leg. It, uh, I think they still played the Maracanã Flamengo and then have a leg at the Estadio Monumental would have been something. Yeah. So maybe I go okay, the old traditional way. Maybe the traditional way. But Flamengo, the way they handled it and they're, they got their coach and how they got all these players from Europe to come and join in, smart. Yeah, that, it worked that team out. was stacked. Yes. We might Flamengo Liverpool, FIFA Club World Cup, book it. Yeah. All right, let's move right along here. This is from David. What do you see us doing for defenders? Signing so, them. Signing. No. Well, that, obviously, left back is good. Left back is good. I, I expect I do think Jordan Harvey there, and then you have There's a strong Mohammed. sense that Jordan Harvey will be back. And Cheeky. Um, and then you have Muhammad and Cheeky. Uh, you already have Walker and, and Eddie. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a very good possibility that someone like Dayon Yakovic could be back. Um, but, yeah, uh, sorry, and I, I don't want to leave Tristan Blackman. Uh, my, my, yeah. my story of uh, kind of of the season, but. who's basically made himself – to the point where and we have to see what happens with Beta. Well, yeah, you're looking at. Well, I'm just saying you're looking at Tristan Blackman. You're saying, man, I gotta, I gotta find somewhere to get him in. So maybe he continues to play more right back, even though I think they see him more as a center back. Which I have now. I was actually of the camp of I see him as a right back, and the more I've grown, and the more they've shown me video, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Well, that's what they say. He when Bob be, says that it's more as a. Well, he could be such a such a talented, athletic center back in a way that not this league doesn't have much much in that type of player. Um, like when they that. well when they. They show you video of guys like Sergio Ramos and Gerard Piquet doing certain things, and you and say, "How many how many guys do you think could do something like that?" And you start to think, "Man, I've seen Tristan get do some athletic things like that in training, um, and sometimes in games, it, it's something special." But yeah, uh, Stephen Bateshore is even not totally off the table. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to have the chance to look around. Which in MLS, when you get to free agency, such such a rare window, you should look around. Um, but there's going to be, yeah, I think right back is going to be the spot where you're going to probably see the most movement. I would like to see somewhere, whatever position it is, to maybe get someone with that MLS experience. I'm a big believer that you need guys like that, and I think Seattle proved that point. Yeah. Toronto proved that Especially point. Especially in the MLS. When you get to the postseason, maybe it's a fit there of guys who's been through a lot of these MLS wars, for lack of a better expression. Uh, I think we need a little more of that. I mean, obviously, Zit Walker's a guy there, although he's still young in his career. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Harvey has been there, but outside of that, Jiki and Mohammed have not. Eddie has not. Beta has. Well, until this but, year. I mean, Eddie probably learned a lot from the yes. the, the playoffs this year. So, but no, I, I I'd like a little bit more of that. Yeah, it's 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 not a game changer, but who knows? Maybe. All right, you said you had a good answer for this one from Mark. Both UCLA women's soccer and USA USC are in the elite eight of the NC. Double A Division One tournament. Los Angeles continues to be a prime hotspot for women's football. What can we expect LAFC to bring NWSL to LA? So I, this is a hot button topic. Oh yeah, it is. And I know you. We want to hear a date. I will say this. I know that it is something that is very much on the agenda and continues to be looked at. And I know people want it yesterday. The thing I will say about this, the the build up to LAFC in general is not as linear as you thought it was. 
and by that I mean this. Not everything we touch just turns to gold out automatically. And, and I would say that I would want, if LAFC were to bring in an NWSL team, they would partner with somebody that one, knows the landscape and knows what they're doing in the way that we learned what we were doing in building this team to MLS. I think if you say, hey, just get me a team, let's just do it, that's the wrong way to do it. I'm not talking about gaining money or things like that. I'm talking about a real connection with the team, with the, with the fan base, with the mechanisms of NWSL, I think you can't just assume that because you were able to do it in MLS that you can do it in NWSL. So I would say it is on the table. Again, it is on the table. Be patient. Be patient. But I, I just I don't think leaping into something without doing all your due diligence in terms of connecting with the fan base, getting somebody. I mean, look, you're going to have a whole team. John Thornton's not going to be the GM of the NWSL team. You're going to have to get somebody in place to do that. There's, yeah. there's a whole – it's almost like a secondary team – a front office as well. So I would just say, I know that for a fact uh, we have it's been it's being explored, but I don't think that it's something that we should think and expect to hear within uh, weeks or, or months. Uh, but I would I would say this, knowing what we know and the three years that it took just to build to the MLS and knowing, I mean, I talked to people that said there were points before the stadium was finished that there were days where even though everything else was lined up, if one thing had gone wrong, there was a drop dead day. There was a pull the plug date. There was possibilities. Wow. You know, and the, you're frightening uh, me, Vince. You no, know, I mean, we they got past it though. Yeah. But okay. So, good. You're right. So what obviously, I'm saying, what I'm saying is those same people now know. Hey, this was not just as easy as saying announce it. Everything's going to fall into place. We'll be good. I mean, look, at this point, they put together such an incredible thing in the city, and even actually outside the city. There's there's teams from all over the world that are looking at us, going, "How did you do this?" And we're trying to explain to them. So recreating it takes that, time I'm, and hard I'm just work. Saying recreating that is not a slam dunk, and I would say that this ownership group and the people that are in place, like Tom Penn, know that it's not a slam dunk. So they're not going to do something that it that is going to fail. And I I would just say that continue to be being patient would be the best option. Yeah, as you said, creating a new fan base. Uh, there are Portland Thorn fans aren't necessarily Portland Timber fans, so you don't just pick from that group and just slot yeah. them in there. That's a whole new fan base, which is tricky and. You have some things in place that will help an NWSL team in L.A. with obviously a stadium is there and you can use it. But opening a stadium and putting teams in, it's got to be worth the while. It's got to be prepared and a good product where fans will come. Otherwise, you hemorrhage money. And that's something no MLS club or NWSL club but can even, afford to but do. But even money aside, I think you make a good point. The infrastructure is there, but what about the, the groundwork? Yeah. And that, that groundwork is something you simply don't just turn on the button like you do opening the door of a building. That is something you've got to put in the time. All right, so uh, I will add to our, our good friend, uh, Mark. Don't be surprised if both UCLA and USC are out soon. UCLA plays my Florida State, two-time national champion, Seminoles. Coach Kerkorian doing a great job, once again, at the business end. Hey, at least Florida State's and good. And if they at, win that, they'll beat USC. At least there's some good football somewhere at Florida State. We're, right <laughs> We're bad at football. We're good at everything else. So it's like, take what you will. All right. Very good friend of the pod, LAFC, Josh. After working for the club for the past two seasons, where are your favorite places to eat in L.A.? And um, I had some already. This was, is a tailor-made. No, no, no. This is a tailor-made Max Bredos. I picked five names that I will recommend. Two that I got reacquainted with okay. because of LAFC. Gelaguetza. Mm-hmm. They're in a Koreatown. Wonderful Oaxacan food. Go there if you haven't checked it out. Pink's Hot Dogs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've been there three times to join for LAFC. I've had a memorable one. Maybe I overate 
that last time because yeah, I, I was offered everything on the menu. I heard you and got I one ate. everything. Yeah. I got one of everything. And the great fo- folks there bring it out there, the Pink's family. Well, they did put you to work, so you earned it. Yeah, I have an apron. So I have an apron for that. So something I did discover here, because when I first got to L.A., I wanted a, uh, the taco experience. And I went to a lot of the taco trucks. But there is not a better taco truck than El Flamin off of Fifth and Vermont. Red truck. Price is right. Delicious Al Pastor Tower. Tacos 1986 downtown. I think that's the, the, the very hot place that trendy, I enjoyed. Yeah. Trendy. Via Veneto, which I've been to before. Uh, if you have a significant other, take someone there. A small Italian place in Venice. Uh, get something with uh, truffles on it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And then Koreatown. Hamji Park, which is pork products. Get the pork necks soup. And Kang Ho Dong Bike Jong. I have to write that down. It's Kang Ho Dong was a personality. The Bike Jong is the name of the place. It's in that little area there around 6th Street, I'd say. It was In Koreatown. Okay. Right in the heart of it. Right next to Quarters, which I also like. Mm-hmm. But I just mentioned them all. So K-Town's where it's at. Yeah, Max Predos is your man for recommendation. Especially in... I've been eating a lot. In, the in let's say, the, the city proper of Los Angeles. Because I live out in Long Beach, so I spend most of my time eating in Long Beach. I'll, I'll give you the one from Long Beach. And I brought so much good food here. It's just... Yeah. And I brought it up before. Ellie's, if you want... Great Italian food. Ellie's in Long Beach. It's down the street. It's about two blocks from where I live. It's Ellie's. Ellie's. It's just outside of downtown. It's in what is called the Alamitos Beach area. Uh, the the Italian food is to die for. It's right. it's amazing. All right. We're here. That we have a playground in our office. Ben Goldman dribbling a soccer yeah. ball. If like you've he's been Kobe to the Bryant. office, we do have a futsal court laid down in the office. So there's a lot. Of, you know, you got to blow some steam. Right. You got to be creative. What is a good food to take to a friend's giving besides alcohol? I always like to go with the uh, bucket of KFC. And uh, I'll use this story where I brought a bucket of KFC, not to a Thanksgiving party, but to a party. And I was ridiculed to no end. And I heard this line. Did you oh, oh, my God. Who brought that bucket of KFC? <laughs> Someone brought a bu-. I was like a little embarrassed. I left. Two minutes later, I come back. Guess what? Gone. Gone. Yeah. Gone. Hey. Everyone wants to dip their hands. Ben so- Goldman, if you turn on that TV... I put on right, mute. He's put on mute. He's gonna play a video game. All right. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I enjoy some cooking, and I'll say this: get creative with your stuffings. That's get, what you do. Good. Just good. get creative with your stuffings. Whether okay. that's bacon, whether that's jalapenos, get creative with your stuffings. That's always good. I still have a ton of questions. We have time. What should we do? I think we have time. Keep All going. Right. This Let's, is. A, this maybe is a, we can roll faster. Or this is a good one. All right. What player would you guys get for LAFC? This is from. By the way, that last question was from Johnny Talks. This is from C Visuals Caesar. What player would you guys get for LAFC, whether here in MLS or another league? So we we modified this a little bit because it's just it's so broad, Caesar. Um, and we honestly, to be honest with you, as much as we get to talk to John Thorrington, he knows not to share any secrets with us. Yeah. So we don't we don't have any insider info. So we can go off the, so off the grid thought, a little yeah, bit. What we thought was if there was no real restrictions and you could just get a player in that you think would be great. And then, but but the one I think the one restriction we put on was just, just don't it's not Messi not Ronaldo not Neymar but pick pick but somebody, who would want those guys yeah pick somebody that you really want and so we we watched some Champions League football today I think we got two guys that played some Champions League football today who was yours I got Sergio Ramos wow. but it's, it's a guy like him and yeah. that's Sergio Ramos and this is what I think I think we could, everyone could be a little a little tougher a little nastier mm-hmm. and that's what he is yeah he'll get a red card sure. But he will, he will do a little team justice around the park. I yeah. think a guy like that who just reminds the opponents, don't mess with my guys, 
or I'll mess with you. I think every team likes that. Maybe it's a bit negative, a bit cynical, but I'm a believer in that. And I thought down the stretch, LFC could use the guy a little, a little bit more fire and brimstone. Yeah. I see it a little bit in Mark Anthony. Some bit. guy who's not going to be budged, pushed around. So, Because he's a great defender, because he can score some goals, and because he's tough, Sergio Ramos would be my pick. So my, my pick initially was Hector Herrera, who would be great. You know, teammate of Carlos Velas at the World Cup. Uh, Good. Steely like in the midfield. Has a little bit of that, that grit that you were just talking about. But then I saw a play uh, towards the end of the Juventus match uh, where it looked like Hector Herrera's Atletico Madrid was going to score a goal. And Matthias de Ligt made up about 20 yards in a fraction of a second. Sliding tackle. And I said, nope, that's my guy. So it's funny yeah. that we both pick center backs. But yeah. very high quality. Let's take both technical. of them. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Aiden Walker. Maybe we could just play four center backs across the back, yeah, why not? and then attack with everyone else. Tell, tell, the, tell everyone else you don't even need to come back. We got these four guys. Fair enough. I like this next question from Jorge Galvez Music, Jose Galvez Music. Take us onto the training ground, wondering if there are certain players who have specific, outstanding skill sets at practice, but don't exactly exhibit them on game day. Maybe their role position does not call for it during matches, but dazzle at practice with this certain skill. I can tell you one that we actually did see, so it's not going to surprise you guys as much. But until you saw it, you probably did not know. Edward Atuesta just nails free kicks all day long at the training facility. And you would think to yourself, well, who cares because Carlos Vela is going to take all of them. Eventually, he did get a chance to take one. He hit the one in Houston. We ended up winning Sports Shield that day. But I will tell you this. He, Carlos obviously is amazing at training, but very close second in hitting free kicks on the days at the end of training when they do it. Is Edward Atwas? I think because we don't see him enough as Adrian Perez, you get to see uh, the talent a little bit more and what the coaches are seeing on a regular basis. Why he's such a compelling uh, candidate uh, prospect. <laughs> but I, uh, this is the easy way out. But I go to practice. And you see Carlos Velas do stuff with such ease that you're like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, like sixty yards out, boom, bang, back of the net. And then you'll, I'll say something like, "Who? I didn't see who hit that." And you look at me, and go. It was Carlos. Yeah. Like, uh, that makes sense. Well, the best, too, is seeing Carlos hit one and then just run straight down the tunnel. Yeah. Like that, and I'm done. <laughs> okay. I'm out of here. All right. Let's go. Let's, let's do this one. Mm, yeah, I'll skip that one. This is from Jonathan. If you could be the second Mike to anyone who's ever called a beautiful game, who would you want to call a game with and why? First of all, I'm not second Mike to anybody. Oh. <laughs> hey, drop, drop the mic. I have the first Mike. Just because if it's this another play-by-play play guy, I'm not going to get a word, and I don't want to do that. We talked a little bit about this. This is more for you because, uh, to be honest with you, and, and uh, look, I'd love to call a game with the one and only Max Brellos, although I talk to you every week. Yes. Um, it's not exciting to me to, to pick out a play-by-play -play guy. No offense. Not sexy. Now, for you, on the flip side, as a play-by-play -play guy, you could pick a great analyst. You could pick a great player from the past. I mean, you could. I, I would love to see a Max Brellos game with Diego Armando Maradona. Oh, I would love to. I mean, could you That's imagine? what I was going to say. You'd probably fall asleep half. I just know, too, and I go, this is going to be, we have a plus one, and I go, hey, by the way, our plus one next week, Diego Maradona. I know that just, it would be seismic, and it'd be something I'd be so excited. Could it be a train wreck? More than likely, yes. You're holding him from the perch, trying yeah. not to get him to jump <laughs> off like he was at the World Cup? Yeah, so that, that's actually what I was going to say. But I will add this. I've had a chance to work with a lot of these guys, and they've all been great. Obviously, Taylor Twelman and Stu Holden. Um, Launched all their careers. They, yeah, I, I, Taylor. I think it was the first game I did with him. Uh, he we said were that in on Philadelphia. This yeah, and um, he so said I did he asked launch you for that. advice, and you had nothing. Yeah, Hercules Gomez obviously worked, but there's one guy I really enjoyed calling games with because he he he's got such a good humor about him, 
and he calls me on it. And then I, I because of the, I push it a little further than I should. It's Alejandro Moreno. So he, and I just have, I just remember having some really funny moments in the booth, which I, I truly enjoyed. And he's a lovely guy. Ali's fun. Ali's good. Ali, we'll get, we'll get to do it again too. He always says some very nice things since uh, I came out yeah, here. If he wasn't out there in that cold Connecticut, he'd come out and be in plus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's true. All right, this from Pepe. Just win maybe one is his handle. Overall plans to fill out midfield depth. Why did we give up on Peter Lee Vassell so early? We talked about the international slot, so that I think that's part of it because he did occupy an international slot. That was also why he didn't get drafted in the first round. He was a first-round talent. I think yeah. he got picked in the third or fourth round, if I'm not. Yeah. Or late second. Late second. Okay. Yeah, I think the international slot plays when you – it's at a premium, man. When you put pick someone in that international slot, you've got to get some kind of output from them. Uh, there were some bright things from Peter. Um, he did some things with Jamaica that were good, but Jamaica plays so vastly different than the way we play. So even saying like, hey, man, Peter just scored a goal for Jamaica, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to LFC, and we didn't see that. Um, we've already mentioned, though, that just because a player has his option declined does not mean that that player won't be back. So give up on is a, <laughs> it's a hard, harsh term. But I would say that if, if you had to nail it on one thing, it's that international slot. Yeah. Uh, and that all brings up the question about, and you said why the midfield is going to be such an active uh, recruiting area in the offseason. Peter Lee Vassell on top of Lee Wynn. There's, there's positions that need to be taken there, and it's going to come from more than likely someone from outside the club. Yep. All right. I think what there is, I'll leave it at this. Araceli. Araceli Viramonte is always a, a, a wonderful uh, source for us, always there. Uh, supporting us along the way. Any update on Miller? And is it true that Philip Ejimadu is not expected to sign with LAFC for next season? Uh, no major update on Tyler, uh, other than you know we, there was an offer made to him. So uh, if he were to stay within MLS, uh, we we own his rights. So there would be need to be a trade or something worked out between teams. Um, but he does have the ability to go and venture uh, elsewhere, whether he wants to look at Europe or anywhere else around the world. And I think he's seriously considering that. Um, now for Philip. Remember, Philip was on a loan, so his loan just ended. I think strong indications that Philip will will come back to LFC, uh, whether it's in a number two role or continuing to be kind of that that auxiliary third guy. Um, not sure yet, but those are kind of the updates on that. All right, so a very talented guy, Tyler Miller, and it's it's a fluid situation, and yep. we'll see where it goes. We just don't know. We know about that offer that was offered after. Uh, the expansion draft, and now we sit and wait to see what LAFC does with goalkeeper. You have Cisniega and Miller and Ichimadu, or is there someone uh, that they're thinking about somewhere else? All right, I'll put a wrap on. I'll put a bow on that. I did li- skip some questions, but we, I think we got through a lot. Though. We did. Feels like a long time. Yeah, we've been here forever. We've even got an audience in between now and then. They're, oh, they're yeah. playing video games. They it's a hardworking play. office here. Yeah. They're not playing video games. They're playing ping pong. If they're not they're playing doing, ping pong. They're doing keg stands. We got guys doing scouting through FIFA. Yes. Good job, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Tell a friend and get ready for what's going to be a massive December and obviously a huge 2020. Leave a comment or review. We certainly do appreciate it. Until then, Placido Domingo.